Hey there, it's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, a podcast geared towards the things you may be misunderstanding about the difficult relationships in your life. I did not understand it when I was in it, but I definitely understand it now, and I want to share that understanding with you so that you too can find the courage you didn't know you had to make the changes you didn't think you could make. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist, and this is It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. Thank you all for being here. Okay, a couple of announcements at the beginning and a couple of announcements at the end. Um, I am getting a lot of people asking me about how to register for the conference. Um, Conference details will be coming up very, very shortly. Um, The dates, if you want to save the date for the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic annual conference will be April 5, 6, and 7, and it is going to be held here in the St. Louis area. The reason for the delay is I'm still being super picky about the venue. So um, we like to do research and we like to try and get um, the best accommodations for the people who are coming. So if you want to save the date, it's April 5, 6, and 7, and all the details will be coming very shortly. Um, the next announcement that I have is kind of kind of a big deal, I think. Um, the beginning of December, if you were on my Ho Ho Hopeful webinar, um, you were around for the launch of the Freedom Me Online coaching program. And the reason the Freedom Me Online coaching was developed was because I know in toxic situations and in emotionally abusive or narcissistic abusive uh, relationships, a lot of times email is monitored, phones are monitored, credit card statements are monitored, and it was very hard for some people to be able to work with me and get the help that they needed if they had to be one-on-one with me. So after um, many, many requests to, to put my program into a self-study type version, I did that through the last eight months. And of course, if you've been listening, you already know this part of the story. But um, my mission is to provide hope, healing, and freedom to those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Now, I know what my past was. I know what I lived through. I know that I would never want to go through it again, and I would never want anybody that I love to go through it again. So I also know the effort and the time and the perfectionism that I put into writing my programs and put into getting the Freedom Me online ready for a self-study. And it is valued at a certain level. Um, But because my hope is that I can get this information out to the people who need it, um, right now on the website, there is a pay what you feel the value is option. So there is right now not a set price on the Freedom Me coaching program. There is three different levels. So whether it's your budget, whether it's um, you know taxes, Christmas, um, who knows what it is that is holding you back from being able to take advantage of the Freedom Me online program. Um, right now, for a limited time, you are able to go on there and choose from one of the categories of, of payment um, ranges 
that best fit your needs and your budget right now. So I encourage you to go, if you are thinking that you have been wanting to take advantage of the online program, now is the absolute time to do it. That's at coachingwithdrheidi.com and go to the Freedom Me online and it will walk you all the way through the different options. Um, that to me is, is big because I know in certain situations that I was in, I wouldn't have been able to use the credit card for something like that and I wouldn't have been able to be on the phone um, and and have a mentor that could, could guide me and help me. And so I'm trying to be the person that I needed when I was in the middle of it and part of being able to get the word out and the information out is to be able to stretch um, the range of the budget that people have in order to receive the information. So that was the biggest, most exciting announcement I had for the day. Um, today's, the podcast is going to be very, very informational. And um, I do have a, a paper in front of me, so I'm sorry if you actually hear pages flipping, but if you've been one that has felt like something was wrong in your relationship and started doing research, Within the first paragraph of research on narcissistic abuse, narcissistic behavior, emotional abuse, toxic relationships, you're going to start running across words that then you have to go do research on to figure out what these words are. So uh, what I would like to do today is go over a little bit of the lingo that you're going to go through and, and is going to pop up when you start doing research on toxic relationships and studying for yourself. Um... The community of toxic relationships has kind of adopted certain terms just like any community does. So those are the things I'm going to go over so you can kind of understand when you hear or read something about it. Um, some of these, many of you are going to know. Um, this is like the vocabulary class you had to sit in in second grade. So I'm giving you words and I'm basically giving you definitions. Um, so, oh, before I start this, at the end, I am actually going to ask for some involvement for the next couple of podcasts. So um, it's kind of exciting what the next couple episodes are going to be. So stay through the end of this one so you can see what feedback I'm needing from you for the next couple of podcasts. Okay, the first learn the lingo lingo is self-esteem. My programs are awareness and healing. And when I get to the healing part, everything is about self-esteem and everything that it encompasses. Self-esteem is the overall judgment that you hold of yourself including your self-worth, self-respect, self-assurance, and self-confidence. Now, it's the self-esteem and the self-worth that toxic people tend to strip away from you. The reason you feel yourself getting more and more not yourself when you're in a toxic relationship is because the more of you and the self-worth that they can take away from you, the more dependent you are on them for all of your emotional needs. You don't believe that you're worth anything unless they say you're worth anything. Everybody else in your life can tell you how much you're worth, but if they think or say that you're not worth something, that is what your default thought pattern goes to. So when you're, when you're reading about self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, it's all of the values that you hold in yourself that toxic people take away from you. Um, the second word is codependency. I don't get into diagnosis. I have talked about this before on the podcast. The reason I don't, I am not a therapist and I am not a counselor. I, I am somebody who has been through the fire just like you. So I am not super concerned what somebody's diagnosis is. 
I am only concerned with whether they are healthy for you or not, and I allow you to make you make the decision based on the information that I give you. So the word codependency, because you're going to run across it, is characterized by a one-sided relationship where one person relies on the other person for all of their emotional and self-esteem needs. Um, it's often found in relationships where one enables the other to maintain irresponsibility, addictive or abusive behaviors. And I saw a post the other day that I thought was kind of interesting. I'm going to see if I can find it. I don't have it memorized. Um, but it said, da da da, wait for it. Oh, here it is. Codependency is driven by the agreement that I will work harder on your problem and your life than you do. That is not love. And I thought that was huge because that's what I, I used to do. Um, oh, I worked harder on someone else's life than I worked on mine. Um, so when you run across codependency, that's an entirely different animal to tackle, but you are going to run across that word when you're doing research. Um, the next word is gray rock. I use that often, not necessarily by using the term gray rock, but I present that this is a definite um, practice that works very, very well when you're trying to disengage from a toxic person. And the reason the term gray rock came to be is it describes a behavior when you're trying to cut a toxic person out of your life or decrease the time spent with a toxic person or decrease the amount of reaction that you have and the amount of energy you give to the toxic person. And the goal is to try and be very, very boring, just like a gray rock. When you're out walking on a gravel road, you never look at the gray rocks. They're boring. You always look at the sparkly, shiny ones, right? So the term gray rock came into where you, when you're engaging with a toxic person, you keep the emotion out. You stay very, very non-emotional and you talk about subject matters that don't matter and do not give any of your personal information away. So you talk about the weather, you exchange the kids, you know, you talk about a holiday coming up or, or very, very distant from emotion topics. Um, so that's the word gray rock. Narcissism. Narcissism is a word that has become very popular around um, socially lately. Narcissism itself is a disorder that was named after Narcissus, who is the Greek god who fell in love with his own reflection. And as you know, the narcissistic behavior are very, very admirable of themselves. Um, it's described as an excessive interest in oneself with grandiose views of self and talents and a craving for admiration. There again, thousand, thousands and thousands of things you can read about this on um, Google or there's great books on it. Um, the next one is hoovering. I do an entire workshop just on hoovering and it is like light bulbs go off when I do this workshop. The people in, in the, the audience or the people that are attending, I start seeing people nod when I start going over the tactics that a toxic person uses to suck you back into a relationship or into a situation once you have decided or made it known that you are wanting to leave. And um, there is a series of nine or 10 things. They will go through every personality and every different scenario until they hit a soft spot 
or wear you down to suck you back in underneath their control. So that is called hoovering. And it was actually, it was actually named after the Hoover vacuum cleaner. Um, the next one is smear campaign. Smear campaign is a tactic or plan to damage or call into question your reputation by producing, spreading, or spreading negative, untrue, or made-up information about you. And you have all been involved in a smear campaign at some time in your life. But if they can't get to you and or if they can't control you, they are going to try and control the way other people see you. And by doing that, they make sure that other people know their side of the story, whether it's made up or misinformation or untrue, people are going to know their side of the story so they gang up against you. And that's called the smear campaign. A target. Other than a store that we all can't stay out of because they have such great clearance prices, target is something that is aimed at. Okay, in this particular situation, um, a target is described as um, the person that is targeted by a toxic person. And um, usually, and I know I've spoke of this before in previous podcasts, but if you are empathetic or if you are emotional or if you are caring or loving or good, um, you are going to be a target for a toxic person. The reason is a toxic person knows that they cannot control somebody with the same type of personality as them. They need somebody who is a people pleaser, who likes to make people happy, who likes to be a service-oriented person. So if you are one of those and you've been attracting or and you have been involved with toxic people, you are not picking them. They are picking you because you are a target. Um, that doesn't mean quit being a good person. That just means we were the good person to the wrong person for too long. Um, narcissistic supply. Narcissistic supply is something that a narcissist or an emotional abuser needs to survive. Um, I've talked about it several times. They need control, power, attention, and admiration. If you are in a narcissist or emotionally abuser's life, you are supplying them with their need for control, their need for power, their need for attention, or their need for admiration. Just like we need food, water, air, the toxic person has a different need set. Their needs consist of control, power, attention, admiration, respect, though it's not deserved, drama, chaos, fear, and control. Um, I think I said control twice, but. Um, so the narcissistic supply, if you are in a narcissist life, you are feeding one of those supplies. And if you tend to fall off on that feeding, they'll just find somebody else. That's why it's so easy for them to discard people. Okay, I'm not getting attention from you. Oh, that's okay, I'll go get it over here. Um, so narcissistic supply, once you kind of understand that, it opens up a lot of um, a lot of clarity on certain situations in an emotionally abusive relationship. Uh, the next word is baiting. Baiting is a tactic that the toxic person uses to trick you into responding by provoking a reaction. Toxic people want a reaction. When you react to something that they say or do, that's their cue that they know they are in control. That all they have to do is do something or say something and you react exactly like they want. When you react, that tells them, yep, I've got them. I can still control what they're thinking and what they're doing. An example of that is if there's a word that or a name that you don't like them to call you or you prefer that they don't use in your presence, 
um, they will tuck that in their back pocket and then when they're not getting a reaction, that's when they pull that out. Uh, they know that it bothers you. They know it's going to provoke a reaction. So they throw that word or that insult out and yep, guess what? You react to it. That's exactly when they know, okay, they're under my control. I can totally, totally um, keep them where I need them as long as I know I can get a reaction. So in that case, um, no reaction is the biggest power you have against an emotional abuser. Not that it's not going to cause other problems if you don't react, but um, that's the first indication that they're starting to lose control. Closure. Closure is a feeling of finality or resolution. Um, usually after a traumatic experience, after death of a loved one, um, a divorce, um, any type of bodily injury, closure is when there is a resolution to that trauma. Ending a relationship with a toxic person will always, always leave questions unanswered. And thus there is very little closure when ending a toxic relationship. Um, I tend to repeat this quite often, but if you are going to forgive and move on from a toxic relationship, you are going to have to accept the fact that you will have to take an apology that you are never going to get because a toxic person doesn't take responsibility and they do not apologize. So um, you are going to have to learn to move on in spite of the lack of closure. Um, cognitive dissonance, this is a term that um, it's got a lot of different variations. So if you look it up, you're gonna get a lot of different definitions. But when I kind of bring it into the toxic relationship realm, it's a state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially when it's related to behavior or attitude changes. Now, that's a lot of verbiage that really doesn't make sense. But <clears throat> to make it a little clearer, cognitive dissonance, in my opinion, is the inconsistency of the toxic person and their rules and their regulations. It's okay to do something on Tuesday and, and they're fine with it, but if you do the same thing on Friday, it's gonna cause conflict. Or um, they really stand firm in a belief until you stand firm in it also and then they will switch exactly what they believe into 180 degrees opposite. So cognitive dissonance is the inconsistency in thoughts, values, and beliefs. And Part of the inconsistency is what keeps us who are involved with toxic people walking on eggshells because we're really not sure where their values or where their beliefs are sitting today. You wait and see which type of person is going to come in the door uh, because of the inconsistencies. And you know, them being inconsistent is part of what keeps them in control because it keeps you going, okay, I'm not sure who's coming. I'm not sure what I'm getting. I got to be prepared to have somebody up here that's in a good mood and I've got to be prepared to have somebody down here that's in a bad mood. And they might come in accusing and they might come in loving and they might come in, you know, mad at the world and it's my fault, but you never know. So it's that inconsistency that really puts our bodies into a um, survival mode type state. Um, the next one is gaslighting. We've all talked about gaslighting. It's a manipulative tactic used to make a mentally healthy person doubt their sanity, doubt their memory, and doubt their reality. So gaslighting incorporates lies, half-truths, and sometimes just the omission of information to make somebody who's mentally healthy second-guess their mental health. Um, I have 
extensive examples of this coming from not only my experience, but also um, many of my clients have experienced this gaslighting that when you start questioning your reality, that's when you really start feeling like you may be the quotes crazy person because you, you have hard evidence, but they're telling you you don't. So it really makes you feel like, like you are not in touch with your own reality. Boundaries. We all know what boundaries are. We all know that setting boundaries with toxic people is almost impossible. But boundaries and personal boundaries is an unwritten code of conduct that you set for yourself. Um, the funny thing about boundaries is even us who have been involved in toxic relationships can set boundaries with normal, healthy people. But when it comes to a toxic person, for some reason, our boundaries get completely plowed over. Um, the next term is no contact. Um, this is the number one absolute best way to remove a toxic person from your life is no contact, which means no email, no texting, no Snapchatting, no Facebooking, no Instagramming, no nothing. Zero contact at all. Now, I am a very aware that if you have kids, if you have property, if you have different things like that, it makes no contact very, very difficult, which in that case we kind of work around it the best we can but no contact is a self-imposed set of rules where a someone who is in a toxic relationship has absolutely no contact with the toxic person truth is a toxic person knows that if they can just get in they will eventually suck you back in so you have to take care of yourself knowing that them in your life at any level at all is not healthy for you. So no contact is the number one best way to remove yourself from a toxic situation, although it is also very, very hard. Um, invalidation is a manipulative tactic used to get someone else to believe that their thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are wrong, unimportant, or don't matter. Um, I kind of put invalidation in with deflection. Um, you're upset, you say something, they get mad, you um, start feeling really bad and down on yourself and a toxic person will say something like, you're just way too sensitive. So what did that do? That just invalidated the feelings that you were, ha you were having over whatever the issue was. So now you feel bad for being too sensitive and they have just released themselves from any of the responsibility of whatever it was that was bothering you. They a lot of times use the you're too sensitive or you're overreacting. Um, those are two that you tend to carry on with you. I still have triggers where I'm being too sensitive and I know I'm being too sensitive and then I do the flip and I overreact because the last thing I want to be is too sensitive because nobody's going to bulldoze me so I'm going to completely overreact. And very... To me, very, very ugly, very humiliating to have to deal with, you know, triggers like that after being out and, you know, really working on myself. Um, but deflection is, what it does is it allows the toxic person to be free and clear of whatever it is that they're doing wrong. They don't have to take responsibility if they can convince you it's your problem. Um, love bombing. Love bombing is the initial stages of a relationship with a narcissist or an emotional abuser where they go to all lengths to impress the target with flattery, vacations, promises of a perfect future, um, 
indications that they're your soulmate, they're your best friend, they've never had anybody like this. And uh, the love bombing stage is very, very dangerous because what happens in the love bombing stage is that's the person you fall in love with or that's the person you start trusting or that's the person you start confiding in. And what's happening during the love bombing stage is they're gathering as much information as they can on you so that then later they can use it against you to control you. So the love bombing is a whole section on its own, but it's the beginning stages and it's usually the person that you wait years and years and years with hope and dreams that that person is going to come back. Um, I hear it all the time. I just want the person that I fell in love with. Well, newsflash, my friend, the person you fell in love with was a person with a mask on. The person that you have right now is that person. They are very good actors and they don't change themselves. They just change their mask. So all the promises from the beginning, they've probably all been broken. You've never seen one of them, but we're still waiting and hoping that that's the person that will come back. Well, that is just the love bombing stage of a toxic relationship. Flying monkeys. Flying monkeys are the people who believe that the toxic person's fake personality is real. And the people who are convinced that the toxic person is the true victim in a situation. Um, you've all seen it. They all have, uh, toxic people have a little crowd of people that think they are the best. They are the nicest person. They will help anybody and they will follow them anywhere, which then gives them a little bit of power because they feel like they're in a leadership position if they have all these little followers around. Um, and it's called flying monkeys, I'm guessing, because of the Wizard of Oz. Like, who would follow the Green Witch? I don't know. Um, so if you hear the term flying monkeys, it's the people who have not yet realized the toxic person's real personality. Scapegoat. A scapegoat is blamed for just about everything that goes wrong in a relationship. You, you hear about um, scapegoat children, which is very, very sad, but one, children, one child in a, in a family will get blamed, in a toxic family, will get blamed for everything where the other children will get admired and the scapegoat gets blamed for everything. Uh, very, very sad. There's, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I remember a book that was written on about scapegoating and it was almost too much for me to read. Um, an enabler. The last thing we want to be is an enabler. And the first thing um, caring, good, compassionate, sensitive people are, are enablers. So it's to behave in a manner that helps or supports another's activities. Um, removing the consequences and the responsibility off of the toxic person. So it's to keep conflict down, we allow things to continue. Um, let's see, trauma bonding. Trauma bonding is a misplaced loyalty where a victim or somebody who's in a toxic relationship is emotionally bonded to the toxic person and finds themselves very unable to leave because they've grown dependent on that person. Now, isol the, the um, isolation tactic comes into play here. They cut off your friends and your family and the people that support you so that you end up having to look to them for all of your approval and all of your financial and all of your emotional needs. And so you, became, you become excuse me, bonded to them because they're the only one that supplies that for you. So then they instill a fear of leaving because you are dependent on them for everything and that keeps you very trapped inside a toxic relationship. Projection. Projection is a manipulative tactic used by toxic people to blame their bad behavior on the character flaws of someone else. 
Um, let's see. If you were a better wife, I wouldn't have to have a girlfriend. Or if you wouldn't push my buttons, I wouldn't break your stuff. Or if you weren't the way you are, I wouldn't be the way I am. And what it does is it completely takes the responsibility off of them and dumps it right onto you. Um, triangulation. This one has popped up in my uh, coaching clients all over the place this week. I don't know if it has something to do with the post-holidays or what, but triangulation is um, toxic people thrive on chaos. We already know that. They thrive on sucking people to their side so that you have nobody on your side. They provoke rivalry and jealousy between people by ganging up on the person who may be trying to leave or the victim of the toxic relationship by using their friends, their relatives, or other people that are close to you. And um, I hear it time and time again. Um, um, in, in like a marriage, a toxic marriage situation, the toxic person will get a hold of the in-laws and make sure that her or his family knows everything their um, sibling or son or daughter did wrong and that they should probably side with the toxic person. So triangulation is reaching out to the people that are closest to those involved to try to convert them to the side of the toxic person. And it's very, very disheartening because what it does is it leaves, it leaves you feeling like you absolutely have nobody. You don't dare talk to your family or you don't dare talk to your friends because they have such a silver tongue. A toxic person has such a silver tongue that they can get information out of just about anyone and they can get anyone to do just about anything. So you know that to protect yourself, you can't you know, let your guard down around anybody because of the triangulation factor um, that the toxic person tries to um, do for control. So there is... Those are nothing that I wrote. Those are terms that you will find all over the place. But I just get a lot of questions on that kind of stuff. So be at the beginning of the year. Who knows what my the rest of my podcasts are going to be like. And I just thought for clarification, that may help. And it may cut down on a little research time. And um, it may, you know, maybe it'll provoke some more questions. Or maybe it has spurred something that sounds familiar in your relationship. And will, you know, maybe cause you to do some research. Um, either way, I really feel like uh, just just even knowing that much more may give you a few answers on some of the character traits that you've been going through. Um, I do want to make an announcement as far as the podcast. I woke up um, a couple mornings ago to 20,000 listeners. And I started this thing in March. And if you listen to my first ones, I, did, I was very nervous. I was very shaky. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to get the word out. And... Um, Last week, I don't remember what day it was, I woke up and I checked and I had 20,000 listeners. As of this morning, I have 27,000 listeners. And that is super, super no, I just made a mistake, 20.7. So I'm getting about 500 new listeners a week. Um, some of those, again, those are listeners, they're repetitive listeners, that's not individual. But to me, who I just want to tell people about this, um, I cannot believe the different places this podcast is going. So I wanted to thank you as listeners and thank you for sharing the podcast because I can't do this myself. Um, if I'm responsible solely for doing all the education and the, the people that do the same line of work as me, there is way too many people out there that need help. So 
Thank you so much for sharing the podcast and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, I need a favor. Um, you know, every time I end the podcast, I say, if you have questions or if you have a topic that you want me to discuss on the podcast, can you please message in and I will see what I can do. Obviously, I do have the podcast scheduled out a little bit, but that doesn't mean within you know the next month I couldn't get to your question. <clears throat> One of the things that I am getting a lot of um, inquiries about is we hear a lot about the stuff that you're talking about, but we don't know a lot about you. Why are you doing what you're doing? What What is Dr. Heidi's um, background and why is she so passionate about the toxic relationship stuff that she's doing. We know that she's a chiropractor by trade, but why is she delving into this? Can you tell us about this? Can you tell us about this? Will you give us a little background on you? You know, where were you born? That, you know, I'm getting a lot of inf a lot of questions about myself. And um, so I decided, I don't know if it's gonna be next week, depending on the feedback I get. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually Take some of the questions that you have, and I'm going to give you a little bit more background on myself. So if you have questions about, um, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing, or you want to know something about Dr. Heidi just to get to know me a little better, um, email those questions in um, through the website, coachingwithdrheidi.com. Um, you can message them through the Coaching with Dr. Heidi Facebook page, or you can message them through the Coaching with Dr. Heidi Instagram account. What I'll do is I'll shuffle them all together and I'll give them to Angela and she'll sift through them and we will um, do the best that we can with uh, getting you guys to know me a little bit. I am just an ordinary person that just is, or I feel like I'm just very ordinary. But... Um, not a lot of celebrity status or anything like that, but I would love to share. So whatever it is that you guys are thinking you want to know, um, go ahead and message in and we will put a podcast together so you guys have a little bit more background information. Again, save the dates for the conference, April 5, 6, and 7, and the details and the registration will be coming out very soon. Um, I hope you're all having a great 2019 so far, and I appreciate you listening.